1: Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I have with me my daughter, Aaliyah. How are you today, Aaliyah?
0: I'm doing fantastic.
1: Great. Are you working on any invitations that you want to share with us?
0: I am. I'm working on the invitation to consider ways we can transform ourselves into uplifting and supportive people from, I think, two episodes ago. And I have put not enough thought into this, but some things that helped me that I learned in Sunday school last week that had to do with this were um, remembering what matters most is a talk we discussed, and it specifically mentions the relationships that last the longest. And so that kind of puts it in perspective, like being an uplifted and supportive person is one of the things that can matter most because it involves our relationships. And then just like Moroni says to pray with all the energy of heart, we can do the same thing to have developed this kind of attribute.
1: Awesome. I love it. Are you seeing any promised blessings?
0: Well, the blessing is that we'll be more sensitive to the needs of our fellow beings and will experience spiritual growth. So I don't know if I've seen like an explicit um, jump in that category, but I'm sure it has at least begun to start. (laughs) Good. Yeah.
1: A blessing like that is usually one that takes a while to to
0: recognize, right? It's hard to measure.
2: Okay.
1: Awesome. Well, today we also have Burke and Rivka. How are you today, Burke?
2: I am doing quite wonderful. Happy to be here.
1: Awesome. In the last episode, um, Burke violated our podcast standards and was summarily removed from the podcast. Um,
2: <laughs> or no, I had I just had... spoken all the important things that needed to be spoken. <laughs> and that's all there was to say. <laughs>
1: that's true. Somehow we got disconnected at the end. We we've had a string of podcasts where our audio has disconnected, and it it's been pretty crazy. Let's let's hope we're done with that.
2: Now so, that you said something. Uh oh. I
1: know. I know. Right. Well, Burke, any invitations you want to update us on?
2: Uh, I continue to work on the same invitations. I have nothing new to add, but I am staying true to the invites and still working on them. So, okay. Awesome. Well,
1: Rivka, how are you today?
3: Oh, I'm doing really well.
1: Awesome. You missed our 200th episode. And I know. I know. Well, I'm sorry. Partly that's my fault because I picked <laughs> the time. But uh, so I apologize. Do you have any reflections on your time talking about General Conference or favorite talks or favorite memories? Anything you want to share as you look back on 200 episodes?
3: First of all, how is it 200 episodes? I know, right? You know, like, yeah. I think my. I don't know, my biggest reflection is that is just one of gratitude that, that you toss this idea out there, Todd, and that we get to do this so often. Because talking about general conference and studying and reading general conference talks is just one of my absolute favorite things to do. So having the opportunity to do it so frequently um, with you guys and Get Your Insights has been amazing. Um, to hear sometimes from the people who listen with their insights or thoughts is also incredible. And um the fact that President Nelson is quoted in almost every talk that we've talked about is also pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's one of the biggest things that I think of is that he's just so often quoted. But we've had some good times. Like the conference where it was like um all like so many of them referred to Liberty Jail. Yeah, And then, you know, ones where it's like realizing themes as we discuss it through the conference has also been really fun for me and helps me to, um, I don't know, it kind of primes my, my mind as I go into reading them to look for certain things. So, yeah, it's just awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing this and letting me be part of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. We, we love having you participate and. You always have amazing spiritual insights to offer, so we appreciate it. And it's been just as you talked to a I was thinking about how I consumed conference in the past, which was like lay down in a recliner and let it wash over me and fall asleep at some point and then move on with my life. And the difference now of um, listening to it in a way that I know I'm going to have to talk about it in the future so listening with a different mm-hmm. intent, reading it again in some other way. I don't often listen to them again. I like to read and highlight and things mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then talking about them and then listening to us talking about them and then occasionally going back and reading them even again or studying specific promises and blessings or even for a while, Ali and I had a spreadsheet going where we you know, <laughs> um, recorded every fundamental doctrine, every promise, every blessing, like It's such a different level of study and, um, you know, largely you're responsible for prompting me to take it to that level of study. And, uh, it's, it's amazing how much more you get out of it when you put that much more into it. It's really incredible.
3: It's true. true. (laughs) This has been a really good example of, um, what intentional living of the gospel does, like how it enhances what you do and the way that the spirit, it can allow the spirit to enhance your experience and your um, understanding of the gospel. You know? Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, here's to 200 more episodes. Let's, uh, yeah. let's keep going for, <laughs> for as long as we can. So, well, I also don't have any um, invitations to update on Rivka. Did you want to update on any of your invitations? Anything new?
3: I do. Um, I do. It's kind of a new one. Elder, Oyos. Um in his talk, he spoke about Heavenly Fathers Uniting Family for This Life and for Eternity. And he talked about family history and temple work. Um, And I reread through that this last week because my mom, who is like the family genealogist and family historian, has been working on a project for several years where she's written out um, the personal histories and stories of all of the all of our ancestors that were the first in their families to join the church. And that's been really cool. Like kind of the beginning of all their covenant paths and my, oh, we've loved it. My kids have loved it and she's finishing that up. And so we were talking you know, about that and we decided to do a new project together. She's going to let me do it with her where um, in the family tree app under the, under the more menu, there's, um, something that's called, it's like, find, let me look at it really fast, called like, find, oh, Map My Ancestors. And the Map My Ancestors shows you where all of your ancestors are buried, like on a map. And so you could, so you can go to the cemeteries and see them. Um, and so um, I'm going to divide that up kind of regionally for our group. So we're going to write uh, make little books that are kind of regionally divided. So you could technically road trip around to cemeteries and all the same area and read little um, write-ups on each of the people. And just as a way to um, make our family history more accessible again for like grandkids and, and cousins and stuff like that. So I just think it's going to be fun. Something both me and my mom like to do. And uh, yeah, I was once again inspired by his reminder of an invitation to participate in family history work. There you go. That is
1: pretty wild. I didn't know it had that map (laughs) feature. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So good, I'm glad that's been a good experience for your family so far.
3: Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, with that, we'll move into our talk today, which is My Mind Caught Hold Upon This Thought of Jesus Christ by Elder Neil L. Anderson of the Quorum of the 12 Apostles. And Rivka, um, we'll start with you. What was your fundamental doctrine from this talk?
3: Wow. There were a lot of, there were a lot of really good ones in here. So maybe I will go with, um, okay. He says, filling our mind with the power of Jesus Christ does not mean that he is the only thought we have, but it does mean that all our thoughts are circumscribed in his love, his life and teachings, and his atoning sacrifice and glorious resurrection. Jesus is never a forgotten corner, because our thoughts of Him are always present, and all that is in us adores Him. Um, and I, I think I like that most because sometimes when we talk about filling our mind with Jesus Christ or always remembering Him, we really think like, "Do I have to be actively thinking of Jesus Christ and picturing Him in my head all the time?" Which just feels impossible because we have a lot going on in our heads every day you know we have a lot of things to do and responsibilities um, and we don't just sit around reading the scriptures all day long so i appreciated that he he helps clarify that it's not it doesn't mean that jesus christ is the only thought we have but and he says it another way a little later where he says, by focusing our attention on Jesus Christ, all else around us while still present is viewed through our love for him. So it just means that the lens that we look for or through or the filter that we look through always um, always involves our love for him and his love for us. And that that fundamentally affects the decisions that we make and the things we do
1: okay awesome oh, yeah. that that is that was a really good explanation that he gave because i've often thought about like well what, how do you actually like look unto me in every thought you know how do you actually make that a part of your daily life when a lot of our thoughts are like okay i need to turn left here or what do i eat for lunch you know things like that yeah yeah and so how has that really manifested itself in your life revka like what does that look like on a day-to-day basis?
3: I think for me, the way it most frequently and um, noticeably manifests itself is is when I need to make a decision of some importance or I have an experience that's causing me <laughs> I don't, strong emotion, good or, or bad. My... My first thought when I'm doing this well is to turn to him, whether to seek guidance or whether to think, I mean, sort of that, what would Jesus do kind of a thing. But, um, you know, if if it's a joyful feeling I'm feeling, it leads me toward gratitude pretty quickly to my Heavenly Father. Or if it's a more negative feeling, it leads me to seek out the comfort of the Spirit. And so I think the most noticeable ones for me are that in decisions or in, or in the experience of emotions and situations.
1: Okay. Awesome. I love it. Um, and it sounds like it's more about the direction you're heading or facing than it is about the minute to minute, you know, thinking about the savior. So, um, always keeping your life pointed towards Christ. All right. Um, he actually gives us like sort of some practical tips about that. He says, um, you know, as he's talking about filling our mind uh with the power of Jesus Christ, he and I took this really as an invitation. He says, we pray and rehearse in our mind experiences that have brought us closer to him. We welcome into our mind divine images, holy scriptures, and inspired hymns to gently cushion the countless daily thoughts rushing through our busy lives. So those are like pretty um, concrete practical things you can do, like pray and think about past experiences that have brought you close to him. That's all through the Book of Mormon. The word remember it shows up over and over and over. And then bring images, scriptures, and hymns into your mind to sort of buffer those, you know, the busyness of life. Um mm-hmm. and we each have different ways of doing that, but I think we would all say we're all scripture studyers, and I think we would all say that's had a huge impact on our lives to, to have that as a buffer against the, the craziness of, of the modern world. So I loved those practical tips and that invitation. All right, let's go to Aaliyah. Aaliyah, what was your fundamental doctrine from this talk?
0: My fundamental doctrine relates to Alma the Younger. He says, the mind of Alma caught hold upon this thought of Jesus Christ. It changed his life. So I really liked the simplicity and the gravity of that statement. Um, Just the fact that thinking about Jesus Christ, and Alma specifically reaches out in his mind for mercy from Jesus Christ. And that changed his whole life on a day-to-day basis, on a trajectory basis, just in every way it changed his life.
1: I love it. Have has there been a time where catching hold of that thought of the savior has changed your life?
0: Um, I think in times where I am acutely aware of weaknesses or or shortcomings, it's changed the way I approach life because it allows for hope and purpose and drive instead of despair and sadness and self-hate.
1: Yeah, I love it. That's exactly what Alma experienced, right? That conversion mm-hmm. of those negative feelings to uh, positive feelings. Fantastic. Okay, Burke, how about you? What was your fundamental doctrine?
2: It goes right along with what Aliah was just saying. Um, but I think it's interesting where he says it was his mind that reached out and secured this powerful truth of Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice, acting in faith on that truth. And we don't have a lot of examples in scripture of people acting on faith while in a coma. Yes, I'm a bit. <laughs> so if you want to downplay the importance of your thoughts, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Interesting. I love it. Now I'm not, I'm not intentionally trying to dive into semantics here. He was not manifesting anything externally, but he also wasn't truly like fully unconscious either. Right. Cause he was thinking. So was it
2: more I- of a trance than a coma? I don't know that I can draw a distinction necessarily from <laughs> what we have in our scriptural record, but yeah, it's an interesting, and I hadn't really thought about it that deeply, you know, like, yeah, Alma sees Angel three days, kind of in, in a trance or coma, whatever, and then wakes up a changed man. But in between there, there was a lot of stuff went on for him that no one yeah. else would have been aware was happening. So it's not right. like he was doing external things. He wasn't serving people. He wasn't, you know, going to his bishop for repentance, although that can be necessary as well. It, it was his mind and heart changing while he right. was doing nothing externally visible. That's interesting.
1: Um, th- one of the footnotes, which I thought was really cool was from David O. McKay in April, 1967. He said, the greatest battle of life is fought within the silent chambers of your own soul. So very appropriate. Okay, awesome, I love it. Um, So let's go on to, oh, I think we did everybody's fundamental doctrine, so let's go back to Rivka. And Rivka, what else did you wanna highlight from this talk?
3: Uh, He says, in this mortal life, our mind and spirit need exceptional attention. And I <laughs> was thinking about the exceptional attention that our society gives our physical bodies and what it would do to a, a people, to our people, if that level of exceptional attention was given to our minds and our spirits. Um, and you know, if that was what was flooding every advertisement or everything we saw or um, <laughs> purchased or focused on, how different, um, how different things would be. So he says, our mind allows us to live, to choose, and to discern good and evil. And our spirit receives the confirming witness that God is our Father, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that their teachings are our guide to happiness here and eternal life beyond the grave. Um, yeah, I just like that I liked the chance this week to ponder about what exceptional attention to those two things might change. Um, I guess in myself too, you know the things that I the things that I worry about or focus on or wish were different about myself.
1: Yeah. That goes along with what Burke just said. I mean, how much Mm -hmm. of that spiritual, um, battle or journey is internal. And, uh, what a great thought. Like, what if we spent, what if all the most famous Instagram influencers were, um, you know, talking about spirituality (laughs) instead of, you know, (laughs) you know, whatever they do. So
3: I'm like, how to, how to, how to be more like our savior well it would just be like if our all of our social media accounts were just flooded with like the leadership of the church which i guess you could curate it to be that way but it would i mean it would undoubtedly have a huge effect on us if we were (laughs) if we were internalizing more of those messages and more of those ideas than um anything else
1: right i love it fantastic Okay, well, let's go back to Aaliyah. What other quotes stood out to you, Aaliyah?
3: Um,
0: one of the other things that I really liked kind of goes along with this idea. Um, but he says, it is mentally rigorous. Well, actually, I think this is President Nelson. He says, it is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto him in every thought. And there's a footnote that has his circumstance quote the joy latter-day saints feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives Mm
3: -hmm. so
0: the combination of those two kind of tells me that it's hard but also it'll equal feeling joy no matter the circumstance
1: actually the full quote i'm going to read the full thing aliyah he says there's nothing easy or automatic about becoming a powerful disciple our focus mm-hmm. must be riveted on the savior and his gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto him in every thought. Um, so, you know, president Nelson loves to encourage us to put forth effort. And I thought it was really interesting that the footnote of a president Nelson quote was a president Nelson quote, a different quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just quote him at every turn. But how has, um, how has, Fixing your attention on the Savior, Aaliyah, helped you to become a more powerful disciple?
0: Ooh. Well, there's a lot of things that can motivate you to be a better disciple, but the best motivation is love for the Savior. So, by being more aware of and thinking more about Jesus Christ, it's just like a guaranteed increase in motivation and then also help because you're keeping a covenant. And so therefore you're get given access to priesthood power to the, I mean, power is in the name, like powerful disciple. And so I think that has been a big part of being a better disciple of Christ.
1: Okay. I love it. Fantastic. Um, well, let's go to Burke Burke. What other quotes did you have that you wanted to highlight?
2: All right. Let's see here. Uh, so, yeah. I always like to go back at the notes I took when I listened to this the first time. And I didn't write down much from this one, but this is the one quote that stood out to me. It said, Our love for him does not shield us from the sadness and sorrow in this mortal life, but allows us to walk through the challenges with a strength far beyond our own. And I... I love that thought. I mean, I would, I would like it better if it did shield us from the sadness. But I think then, you know, it'd be like opting out of the test, which I don't really want to do. So I, I enjoy the hope that comes from knowing there is greater strength and greater ability to be had.
1: Okay. Awesome. I love it. Um, I think that, um, uh, you know, I think those two things can work in tandem here, Burke, and maybe we could rephrase it or reframe it to say that following the commandments will shield you from many of the sorrows of life, but inevitably they will still occur. And then the, you know, the Lord can give you strength when that occurs.
2: Yeah. Cause, Cause I don't wanna... certainly there are circumstances you can avoid by yes. making the right choices. I would agree yeah. with
1: that. I, I want, so, you know, I don't think he was, saying that um you won't avoid anything by following the commandments. So I kind of wanted to balance out that side of what he said with just saying like, hey, a lot of life sorrows you will avoid by just following the commandments. Um and then when the inevitable sorrows come, you'll you'll have strength. So I love it. Okay. Well, let's go on to invitations and promises. So um I feel like for me, there were many invitations and promises. It almost felt like a President Nelson talk Agreed. in that sense. Yes. Um, so let's let's each pick one. So, Rivka, let's start with you. What uh, What was one that stood out to you that you wanted to highlight?
3: He says, as you continue to attentively catch hold of this thought of Jesus Christ, trust in him and keep his commandments. So there's the invitation. I promise you not only heavenly guidance, but heavenly power. Power that brings strength to your covenants, peace to your difficulties, and joy to your blessings. What you're all thinking I love it. Awesome.
1: Yeah, that sounded very Nelson esque to me. Um, yes. <laughs> guidance, power, strength, peace, joy. Uh, yeah. Raise your hand if you want those things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, please.
1: <laughs> I raised my hand too. Awesome. Well, Aliyah, how about you? What was an invitation that stood out to you?
0: Um, There was kind of a series, almost a list of implied invitations and then blessings. And so I'll just kind of briefly summarize them. One was use the full name of the Church of Christ. One was increase our focus on the Lord's sacrament. One is um, read Come Follow Me (laughs) and (laughs) make the teachings of the Savior more prominent in our home. And then one was follow President Nelson's counsel to hear him. Another was go to the temple more frequently. And then some of the blessings are refining our ability to recognize the Holy Ghost, um, seeing the hand of the Lord in our lives, feeling more powerfully the transcendent beauty of our Savior and Redeemer, and then just having strength. <laughs> so there's there was kind of a series of those in the middle there.
1: Yeah. I think you could sum up all of those by saying, follow the prophet. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) They were all sort of things that the prophet has led us in changing or adjusting, um, according to that quote that we love so much about making adjustments. And Burke, I'm going to pivot here because I forgot there. He spent a significant chunk of time on a story at the end. And I was hoping maybe you could summarize that story for us and maybe see if you could draw any invitations or promises from that story.
2: All right. So story in short, and he tells it much better. Um, There's a family with four daughters. Uh, The mom has cancer, which is under treatment and she's expected to live quite a bit longer. She schedules a temple trip at an unusual time. And that time ends up being the afternoon after she has passed away. And despite their sorrow, the family still chooses to go, Uh, even though initially um, the father said he didn't really want to. He didn't think it was a great idea. But then he says, uh, I thought this just isn't going to work. And then his mind catches hold upon a thought. So kind of like with Alma's mind changing, he says the Savior lives. There is no place we would rather be as a family than in his holy house. And so they went. And he said about it, while I feel deep sorrow and grief, I am shouting for joy, knowing my father's wonderful plan of salvation. So he found, or at least began to find in that moment or that experience, um, while being in great sorrow, still feeling the hope of salvation and Heavenly Father's plan. So kind of a bittersweet story, obviously not yeah. a situation in which I want to find myself. Um yeah but hopeful nonetheless.
1: I don't know about you, Burke, but, um, you know, she, the person he was talking about here or the family is sort of mirrors our family situation. And so that was like a very hard story to read because, you know, the husband was left without his wife. So it's very easy yeah. for me to put myself in that situation. So, um, that was a painful story to read, but it, it served a purpose. He was trying to illustrate the purpose of letting your mind catch hold on those things. And it helped me to understand what he meant by that. I mean, so many times I have a, a prompting that is like fleeting and would be so easy to justify. I mean, who among us would still go to the temple with your family the day your wife dies, right? Like after being up all night with her and watching her pass away, you'd want to just like go crawl in bed and not come out. Yeah. Um, And, but the idea that when those fleeting gentle soft promptings come you have to like grab them and hold on for dear life and act on them um it really helped bring home his point with this sort of extreme example so and i guess the implied promise there is that we can still feel joy even in in times of sorrow did you have any other invitations and promises burke that you wanted to highlight
2: uh, so I liked one earlier here. Let me pull it up. He says, "My prayer at this Easter season is that we will more consciously shape, strengthen, and secure this preeminent thought of Jesus Christ in the chambers of our soul." And he's referring to Alma's thinking of Jesus Christ. Um, and then afterwards, he says, "Allowing it to eagerly flow into our mind, guide us in what we think and do, and continually bring the sweet joy of the Savior's love."
1: So, all right, yeah. fantastic. Okay, well, this talk was filled with a lot of depth so if you haven't studied it again since he was given he has given it um, i would invite you to go back and do so there's there are more invitations there are more principles you could probably read it multiple times and and get something new out of it each time so um, the next talk we're going to discuss is called a voice of gladness exclamation point by elder kevin r duncan of the 70. so in the meantime if you want to get a hold of us you can
0: Email us at words of theprophetspodcast at gmail.com, or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram, Words of the Prophets Podcast.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith.
0: If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending
1: a personal prophetic epistle just to you.